You are listening to The Fascia Guide, a podcast about the living body, about new research and a new perspective on health, pain and what it means to be alive. The Fascia Guide is a conversation between Hans Bolin, innovator and fascia expert, Per Johansson, doctor of human ecology and historian of science and ideas, and me, Axel Bolin. First of all, we need to introduce ourselves and why we are here. And let's start with you, Hans, because you were the one who actually dragged me into this and you dragged Per into this, and we've been working together now for 13 years. Why are we here? The thing we started to do, I, we start, I started to treat people with just looking at the balance and, and posture because it's all in the textbooks. If you, if you look at manual treatment textbook, it's about balance and posture. And uh, then I, we, we, this, we manufacture a device for making the treatment, manual treatment more effective. And um, we, I saw that we got tremendous results, but we, we couldn't explain why. <laughs> and, and then I started to see, uh, are there any science or, or scientific papers about balance and posture? And then I saw that it wasn't really that way. So my first interest was actually to see why can people be uh, healed or better with low back pain quite fast? And wh- why isn't it understand? So that was mainly my my idea to try to to try to see if uh, what's pain and, and how can you cure it. I, I remember this frustration because back back then, back in 2010, 2011, we we took pictures of people yeah. of their posture, like before and after, and we took six images. We could see how it changed and everything. And for me, who was really new at this, I was just nineteen, twenty years old. Yeah. I saw that people actually got better and I told my friends about it and like, oh, look, this treatment is really working. Like re- really na- naive, didn't understand yeah. how the world works. And everyone was like, no, that's, yeah. that, that can't <laughs> be working. Why The doctors are not talking about this. This yeah. could not be the thing. Mm-hmm. And for me, who didn't understand how things worked, that was um, frustrating. But for you, who, who did actual treatment and who looked at it, that, that must have been really interesting to see why do people not believe that things are working that is actually working? F- yes, for me it was, it was like it was you can see the living body is changing, changing and, and, the, and the, 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 the customers was, was better and, and if we'd have pictures before and after it was actually showing reality before and after and, and, and the, the thing I was a little bit uh, um, puzzled by as I, I met a professor two professors actually and they had a they had a, a conference in in, uh, in in about another disease and was a, a, a pre- uh, American doctor was there and, and show cases about uh, a treatment before and after and one of the professors said this is this is just reality it is not science and then I understand okay <laughs> so so reality and science is not the same uh, because for me reality is is actually quite that's true uh, because that's a living life reality so um, uh, but it's it's um, I think therefore I took con- uh, contact with you pair because being going into the scientific world as we get, uh, did from from more manual treatment or or um, proven effect of treatment was not the the way they looked at the scientific world so Therefore, I think we, we started to see, can we have a podcast about how... I actually, because I full disclosure here, Hans is actually my father. Yeah. So sometimes when I came home for, for a family dinner, 
I just went into the the living room and there was papers everywhere. And he was sitting there in the middle and he had all these papers around him, all these research papers. It could have been like 50 reports or something. And I could see he was trying to make sense of it all because all the research were very fragmented. It's about different parts. It's yeah. about different systems. It's It could be the nervous system or a small part of the nervous system and then trying to understand the body as a whole from understanding these very detailed this detailed knowledge about parts, it's quite difficult. Yeah. And when we went into the scientific world to start stu- started studying fascia, the fascia researchers also did that in a way, like yeah. looking at how is that collagen fiber affecting that hyaluronic acid mole- molecule and so on. So it's, it's very specific. And, and per understanding why that is and the problem with that and looking at the science as a whole, that's one of your areas of expertise as a human ecologist. Could you tell us a little bit about who you are and why your way of doing research is different from from most academic research right now? Well, I I think I should get into that in a minute. I think Hans first should tell us about how this treatment works, what you actually do (coughs) with the, the invention behind it and the practice behind it, because what you... Uh, every, it's, it's quite easy actually, and, and uh, everything in the, bo- the body is actually vibrations or, or, or frequencies. So we made a device uh, that uh, had, a, had a magnetic field and, and pulsating waves. It's like a vibration, but it's close to the microcirculation of the the living body. So all cells, if you look at the microscope, everything is moving. So the cell is moving uh, from I think it was 5 to 12 hertz or 8 to 12 hertz. It's it's moving, it's not still. So everything is moving and everything in the, in the body is actually is constantly uh, moving and we are always moving and everything is, is under the, the big G, the gravitation. Uh, and so so the thing you do in manual treatment, it, you have your, um, the things try to do in manual treatment is try to to, to restore or help the body in w- where we have too much pressure or too much tension or too much stress. And so, but the thing we, you, you do with, with uh, the device is it, you calm the body down and you work with the body, not against the body. Uh, so the thing we actually did from the from beginning was to see if, if, you, if you, we took pictures from, from the front uh, and the back and, and the, the profile, and see the movement of the head and see are you it's like a two-dimensional way of looking at three-dimensional because we're not good at looking three-dimensional actually so but it's what's another way to see okay uh, your the the hip is all off balance the the shoulder is off balance and the the head is too much forward then you can see where the pain is coming from and if you could help the body to adjust itself to a new homeostasis with more more balance and, and more posture uh, the pain will go away, the, 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 because the thing we don't understand, it's, it's amazing, but uh, usually wild animals don't have so much pain. They're, they're, they're out in the, in the, in the wildness and or, or in, the, in the living nature. Uh, so when you look at tame uh, animals like humans and horses and dogs, we have problems. Uh, so um, that's mainly the thing we do, we try to see 
uh, adjust the posture and balance. In so, the body. so basically, you, you <coughs> developed a method of, of treatment. With, with yeah, with some many cases, you you got extraordinary results, and then you you started to wonder why why does it work? Yeah. So and, and and that's how you got into fascia and fascia research. But eventually. the idea was quite simple because it's it's. I remember you explained it to me when I was when I didn't know a thing at all yeah. about the body. Uh, if the posture is good, then the body doesn't have to work holding the body up. Like if if yeah. you have a bad posture, you have to work on compensating that bad posture. So that means extra work. But if the posture is good and the balance is good, you don't have to work with that, which means you can work with other stuff. And realizing now, 10 years after, how important it is to to sleep, to uh, relax, to really calm down. And what happens when you sleep and calm down is that the body regenerates itself. So when you're when you have a good posture, a good balance, when you don't have that that back pain that's always there in your in your mind, uh, you can relax in a different way and you can rebuild in a better, better way and that's the the self-healing process so i remember actually writing an article about self-healing back in 2011 mm. because that was, was what we wanted to start like now we are starting the healing process of the body we're helping the body to heal itself and i remember one of the first articles uh, that you showed me that you actually showed me that i, I wrote about was the fluid flow yeah so the, the thing we looked at back in 2012 or 2013 was, can we increase the flow in the body? Can we increase the fluid flow? And the machine you've developed helps do that. So how can we stimulate flow? And we thought it was flow of of water, but now we understand the flow is different. But And we'll get back to that. But But simply put, it was just that. Posture, balance, flow, relaxation. Yeah, and then we had another thing, another thing about it was... was it was like usually <laughs> some some things happen that we don't uh, get rid of so if you if you're in a trauma or in in a some some things that you do, that so the body is always living living and dying living and dying living and dying i think it's it's i think it's 100,000 cells every second that's that's dying and and, and living so the, our living body is actually living and but if you have a trauma or if you have because that was another thing we do to to release traumas uh, but there's also a way of of um of that you can tr- see with when you treat you can you can get actually pictures of or or um assumptions of of things that they have gone through the people you are uh, treating and and um James Oshman one of the the guys in in, in electric medicine he said that the thing that's seen in the fascia that actually uh, the mo- most people are working in some people are working in body treatment, they got assumptions of memories in the body. So one thing I I, I was puzzled about was that separation of of um, the things we're living and why we don't take in the 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 things we're because we don't we don't know. If you're in a trauma, that has nothing with the body to do. But the body is everything. So, why is trauma not interesting, uh, or, or wha- why is life not interesting to see when you look at the body from a, um, a mechanic or or a, a, like doctors look at the body? You have a doctor look at the body, and you have a therapist look at it, but then you have a, a 
another physician look at the mind. But why do you separate the body and the mind? That was all thing that we, I was a little bit puzzled about. And and we should add that in in Sweden, manual therapy is not a high status profession. So it's it's not like people came from the healthcare system to us. No. Uh, but people came with a lot of pains. I would say that probably 50, 60, 70% of our customers were people in serious pain, like they had whiplash injuries or chronic low back pain. So we really got those those hard hard cases, like hard to work with cases. Mm. And a lot of them were whiplash injuries. And when you have a whiplash injury, you have the, the trauma. So that the the question of how does trauma work? Is the trauma stored in the body? How does a, a whiplash affect the whole body? And how, how why is it not healing sometimes? And why, why is it healing sometimes? Mm. That was questions we had really early on. But there was also a, a frustration because I remember you had the first sketch of a whiplash center, like an idea for a whiplash center yeah. back in 2012. <laughs> and we presented it to insurance companies. We presented it to... to um, uh, medical doctors, we presented it to all kinds of people saying, hey, this is really something we should look into. Mm. But uh, because it, it has worked, we have these cases showing yeah. it works. Can we can we mm. do some new research on it? Can we can we do some uh, healthcare process about it? But but the they were not really interested. And I I was young, I was naive, and I was interested in why are they not interested? Mm. Why is it's not why is this not uh, something that that people can understand or want to understand, and that brings us back to you, Per, because yeah. because we should say that both of us have had listened to your other work um, a lot. I, I've mm-hmm. probably listened to a hundred hours of you talking in podcasts before we even started recording together. So you have a background in explaining complex things in a simple way. And that comes from your work as as a human ecologist, right? What what does a human ecologist? Yeah, well, I I actually started out as an um, I I became educated in the history of science and and ideas, and the reason I was interested in in, in that was uh, actually what is in philosophy called the mind body problem, which hmm. stems from the French philo- French seventeenth century philosopher. René Descartes, who who, uh, who postulated there that there was a a radical uh, separation between the mind and the body, and uh, the mind lived in its world, and the body lives in the physical world, and they and never the twain shall meet. So, uh, and that uh, that separation actually was uh, very useful for studying the external world objectively. Uh, so uh, it, it it contributed a lot to uh, the development of modern natural science. The, pro- the philosophical problem, however, was that uh, uh, in our human experience, uh, we we don't experience this separation. We live we experience ourselves as living in our bodies, and our bodies are present in the external world and in our daily experience that has not there's really no discernible difference between what is labeled the outside and the in, inside if you stop to think about it for a few minutes however however once this idea of the separation had become established in philosophy and later on in science and and uh, 
uh, you, got, you get this mind-body problem. So that's why I started uh, to study the history of science and the history of ideas, because I, 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 I uh, very early on thought that this is a really stupid idea. Mm. <laughs> so how, how, how could, philosophically speaking and experientially speaking, uh, it, it, it so, so obviously goes against um, reality? So, so I, I, want, I, I put myself the question: How, how on earth can such, a, well, to be blunt, wrong-headed idea mm. establish itself at all? Because it has established itself; it's yeah. become institutionalized in the Western world so completely that 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 is almost impossible to 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 even think about. Um, mind and body being intimately connected all the time. So I, I won't go, go in. Uh, we will have a reason to come back to that theme mm-hmm. later on. Uh, as for human ecology, uh, I, I got wind of a new discipline come, uh, established at Lund University in the south of Sweden in uh, the early 90s. Uh, uh, there was a new professor in uh, in the subject of human ecology was a, which was a new subject new discipline at Lund University and I thought this is uh, sounds quite interesting because it was meant it was an um, an interdisciplinary interdisciplinary subject concerned with the re- relationship of human beings to nature and humans and the, what's the relationship between human societies and nature, what is the relationship between uh, how we think about ourselves and how we think about nature. And so there was quite an overlap with my earlier interest in the history of ideas and the history of science. And uh, I also have, uh, on a more personal level, a really deep interest in biology, evolution and living organisms. So I, I, I I, uh, well, I, I became involved in this new, new discipline, human ecologist, uh, human ecology, and and I started teaching uh, uh, at the institution of human ecology in Lund, and I also eventually wrote a PhD. And um, what the main focus of uh, my thinking and research uh, regarding human ecology had to do with what is an organism in mm. an ecosystem. Mm. And I, I think that that question is quite analogous to what is a human being in society, because, mm. because you can view society as an ecosystem as well. And, you can, uh, and <coughs> society obviously exists within nature. So that just as there is no real separation between the inner world and the outer world, between mind and body, there's no real separation between society and nature either. So on a, on a quite abstract meta level, there are sort of related questions. So I, I, I started to in, try to integrate my knowledge of the history of ideas with my knowledge of uh, ecology and uh, how organisms uh, work in their environment and uh, one thing uh, that became obvious to me was 
that you cannot think of a living organism without an environment. Mm. And you cannot think of an environment without an organism mm. for whom it is an environment. So organism and environment are, are really inseparable. So you cannot understand the inside workings, uh, whether it's physiological or anatomical or behavioral. You cannot understand uh, the organism as such without uh, taking into account how it interacts with the mm. environment. So, so uh, uh, the proper perspective on a living organism, including a human being, of course, uh, is to see it as constantly acting and changing in relationship to what it experiences and what it does and how the in environment, different aspects of the environment reacts upon that. So, so that's how I got into thinking about how can you understand... It, it's, you could call it whole, wholeness, but I think it's, it's too, uh, too vague a word. Wholeness is quite, is quite vague. I, I could say that the, an organism in its environment is a kind of wholeness, but mm. that doesn't say very much. It just mm. so, so you have to sort of um, ask yourself, how, uh, which organism is it? Okay, it's a human being. Mm. What kind of organism is a human being? Well, it differs quite a lot from other organisms, but mm. still it, it's uh, on a physiological level and molecular, molecular level, if you want. It works very much like any other organism, mm. but in other respects it, it, it has its own, lives in its own uh, self, uh, sort of constructed world. So, uh, well, uh, this is getting perhaps a little, little long-winded, but... but one more point, uh, which makes uh, human ecology and the history of ideas relevant in relation to one another, is that the way I, for my, to my own satisfaction, sort of starting to solve the mind-body problem was by means of thinking about artifacts, artificial mm -hmm. constructions in the external world because what is an artifact what is mm -hmm. what is an artificial construction what what is an institution what is a road system what is a city and anything that humans have made started out as an idea inside the brain mm -hmm. or thinking mm -hmm. of one or more people and they they thought this we will realize this we will build this so we have something which is called an idea, which is, exists on the inside, so to speak, and then this is actualized in the external world. So what have you? Then? What what do you have then? You have ideas, physically, materially existing in the external world. So the very fact that we as human beings can manifest ideas in this concrete manner proves that there is no real separation. Hmm. between mind and body. Body then sees as seen as a, as a physical object. So there's no real uh, separation. And this is extremely relevant to the understanding of human ecology, of, hmm. of human, the relationship between human beings and, and nature. 
because what we do is uh, we externalize externalize our view of the world hmm. outside ourselves and then we go on living within these externalized thoughts hmm. so if if you any human environment human built human constructed environment uh, you find yourself in that environment is literally an expression of human thinking hmm. and this becomes interesting when you look at the the body or when you look at understanding fascia or the living body as we have started to talk about it because we tend to think of ideas as something that's just in someone's head like you said but ideas actually become physical material things institutions roads uh, houses cities and the thing is that as you said that process of making an idea into something real is the proof that there is no separation but the dilemma here is that the ideas that has been materialized say that there is a separation so we have things around us saying that there is a separation because if you look at the idea of the the body for example so when we started to to learn about the body we looked at the, the we looked at dead bodies we dissected dead bodies and that's good that you don't dissect living bodies but we dissected dead bodies and we took out parts we studied the muscles we studied the heart we studied the bones and organs and all these things we studied uh, as separate parts and tried to understand these parts and how they function and if you extend that thing looking at the body as part and look at how universities or hospitals or um how science is sorted today into different different institutions for different body parts you have the the research about the brain you have research about the stomach you have research about about bones and and you have all these it's very separated as separate actually buildings which means that if you want to connect all these things it might be really hard because it's it's separated right Yeah, it's separated, physically separated in the way you said, and it's also intellectually separated. And this goes, it's most obvious if you look at the, our educational systems, our school systems, where you, as a rule, still uh, learn one subject at a time, so to speak. During one, if you're a child and go to school, you can, during the very same day, you can, you have one hour of biology, then you have an hour of history and then you have an hour of mathematics and then you have an hour of chemistry and and, and then you have some movement in between and some and PE then, sports yeah, or something yeah, yeah. And, uh, so so uh, it's uh, it's it becomes ingrained in us very early on that things are to be thought of as separated from mm. one another so so uh, this means that no no one it, it become well one consequence is that it becomes quite troublesome and to to um, try to think it together again mm. becomes really hard because you if you're confronted with all all these separated subjects all these separated parts and then you're asked to think How d- how do they fit together? How do you put the puzzle together again? Then then you're kind of handicapped because you haven't really learned how to view 
things from uh, a kind of meta perspective, a kind of uh, a perspective which means that everything is in relation to everything else and yeah. that everything interacts with a lot of other things all the time and things are change. I think I think the problem when when we when I started is you had you have explained this to me now when uh, we were the, the, th- the separation and, and the the idea background from the 17th century yeah. yes but i i the, the problem <laughs> the problem when when i started to to meet science scientific you know, professors in i was i met a professor he was um uh, he was a professor in, in in medicine, and his specialty was in inflammation, inflammation processes in in, in micro in the cells and what they're doing. And it's it's quite a niche area, but inflammation is so big in the in the in the medical industry because most of the the diseases we have in 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 Western medicine is in Western diseases are actually caused by chronic inflammation. So he was quite known, and so. I I started to I started to the first paper I sent him was because I wanted to understand low back pain, and it was a, a scientific it was a not scientific yeah scientific or a, mm-hmm. a popular uh, scientific paper called uh, uh, guidelines on low back pain. It was forty f- or forty or five fifty pages, and I read it and I, I didn't understand nothing about it actually because it was so peculiar language and it was uh, it was. Strange. So I sent it to him and, and said, "Could you could you read this?" And he called me after one hour and said, "They don't know a thing." <laughs> <laughs> so so then then we started to see, uh, and he said, that "We must go and see because then it was a, a movie, no, a documentary in German. It was 2015, a German documentary called uh, a new sign, a new perspective on low back pain." Uh, and and Rückenschmerzen on in, on in German and and the the Bindegewaven as you know it's the German it was it wasn't German but we sort of translated it into English and so in that in that movie it was a, a it was a research uh, center in Ulm uh, and one of the the one was uh, interview was Wiebe and it was uh, Heike Jäger she was a doctor in, in Ulm so uh, Karl Arfer said to me we must go to Ulm <laughs> I was like okay. Must we? Must we go? Yeah, we go to Ulm because if you meet uh, the, the 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 people behind them, then you are five five uh, years ahead because it takes so much time to publish papers. So it's better to interview them. So he wrote an email to Ulm and said, "We are coming down." And I said, "Okay." <laughs> so so they they actually she was she was we, when I, we had seen her at the movie and and she was like. Who are you? <laughs> what are you doing here? And I said, we must understand the fascia. And um, she had she, she took one one day and and got through all the different area of of connected tissue and how we could understand different living beings or on the, on the planet and and how they are every how they are um, you should try to to adjust to the to to the way they are living or. Or what they are doing, and then said it, it's it, the body is quite old, so it, it doesn't. We think it's like a, it's like a, a question and do many things, but she said it, it, actually it it just lives. It's everything is on, on automatic, mm-hmm. so the autonomic nervous system do most of the things. 
And then you have some 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 uh, species that are have different kinds of things that we don't have, like humans. Like you have bears; they go to sleep, and they sleep for a, I don't know a couple of months or months, and they wake up and they are they are fluid; they are not stiff. And we can't sleep <laughs> because then we then we are stiff. So she she explained and how the connected tissue and the fascia and, and different kind of elements is actually adjusted by different uh, species. And she said that the the, the body is quite it's quite easy. Uh, it it, it the fa- and and it the fascia is 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 helping. Uh, is is helping with the, with the, um, to, to to protect the body, to heal the body uh, in different areas, and it's 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 not it's quite easy. So that 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 started to to see. Uh, I, then I met different kinds of, and she was quite broad minded, minded. And then we met some people here in Stockholm, and and they were no in Uppsala. It was a pain. I was sitting down with three professors and and discussing pain and sh- and showed them fascia and the fascia suit and they were like what is this <laughs> because they haven't seen it before and I said it uh, and I said it everything is fascia is everything is interconnected and it, I, I think it's like a 3D dimensional uh, a 3D uh, space com- suit. no a 3D yeah space no communication grid 3D communication grid, and they like lighting up. Yes, maybe communication grid. <laughs> so, because because it's a whole different perspective. The thing we when we took contact with you was to see why is this so hard to understand. And I think you explained to me quite easily as you explained because it's actually built in the system. They they are not connected. They not not interconnected, and and therefore it was so in, it was so so hard to me to understand. But if because I explained to one one also also a pain doctor uh, the the posture and the different posture and balance, and said no, this is not science. But why not? Because it's if you, if you take the whole picture of our body posture and balance. Is it an orthopedian or is it a nerve end? Because you see the whole body, and they just see different parts. They see the lungs, they see the, the heart, they see the muscle, they see the, the 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 joints. They don't look at the whole body, and that was actually a, a interesting thing for me to, to to why why is it and how long has it been like that? I think it's also time to to just mention the fact that we are in Sweden. Yeah. So we we are three Swedes. We've been grow, we've grown up in Sweden and we're working with the, within the Sweden system and just to let you know who might not be in Sweden what Sweden is and how how Sweden is. So what's special with Sweden is there was a study showing the um, traditional versus secular, secu- secular rational values and then survival versus self-expression values like on a scale and you have um, Catholic Europe in the middle somewhere and then you have um, African Islamic countries to the lower left and you have some very traditional uh, countries in South America and so on but Sweden is on the top right in the whole world so this is the most rational sec- secular self-expression country in the world. Very extreme when it comes to the 
the rational ideas of the Western society. Like Sweden is an extreme case. So when we're saying that we can see how these ideas actually are are in or the fabric of our society, it's not just something we're making up. This is actually Sweden is very very typical in this case. This is and this is also a reason why Sweden is it's a weird country in many ways. And you look at the the um, the population and the large companies or industries or innovations. If you look at big brands or big uh, uh, companies from Sweden, you have the the Spotify, the Klarna's, the IKEA's, the Volvo's. It's it's a lot of big companies that has been founded in Sweden. Why is that? Why is Sweden so so different here? And when it comes to to our way of looking at things, we should know that Sweden is a is a pharmaceutical company. Like the if you look at the of the public companies that we have in Sweden, the by far largest one is a pharmaceutical company. Uh, it's I think it's twice the size of the next largest one. That's how big the pharmaceutical industry is in Sweden, and it's also a the country with the Nobel Prize. So we have the we have a um, we are special in a way in in right pair. If, if if you want to understand the this like how the ideas have have made themselves appear in society and affected our way of thinking and doing things. Well, you you could say with only a slight exaggeration that there are two fields which are very highly if you're speaking about knowledge, uh, there are two fields uh, which are very highly valued above all others in Sweden. One is engineering and the other is hard science. Mm. Uh, Hard science then meaning specialized, uh, for example, molecular biology or something. So, uh, or or brain research and whatnot. Uh, uh, Sweden is very accomplished in in uh, several areas of engineering science uh, digital uh, technologies uh, molecular biology uh, in other words fields in which you specialize in conceptually understanding and studying uh, the world viewed as external to experience and this means that uh, Sweden has been uh, Swedish companies has have been very good at uh, in, in, in invention and and uh, creating new technologies. It has been been that way for well a couple of hundred of year, hundred years at least. And uh, as you said, pharmaceutical industry is very dominant. Also the network and mobile industry is quite large. And why this is interesting is that this has profoundly <coughs> affected the way we are thinking of things and that's the the parallel that I don't hear people um, making as often is that how a culture is, how a society is actually affects the way we're thinking because what we have seen throughout the years because now Hans you've been treating, treating people for 13 years mm. and we build up uh, uh, companies with a lot of clinics that we have. So we're, right now we're probably treating um, thousands of people every month mm. um, or every week perhaps. And what we're seeing is that people have an interesting way of looking at their body. Mm. Like here 
I don't know if it's the same where you are, you listen to this, but we have a way of looking at the body as an object, as something that is not really part of us. It's like my body is like a thing I'm having. And then when something happens, I it's like a bike. So my, my body is like a bike, and when something happens, like I get a puncture on the on the tire or something, I go to a, a mechanic who fixes it. And that's how we, we look at things. And it's affected the way we look at uh, food. We're thinking of uh, food as gasoline that we're filling our tank with. So we have food that's going to um, fill our tank and we need the energy and then we're consuming the energy. We're not thinking that the food actually is part of our ecosystem or the actual um, building blocks that's building up our home, own body. We don't look at, at nutrition, we look at calories. So our whole way of looking at the body and what we're doing is like the body is a machine. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the Western way of looking at nature of the world, of science, we tend to think at as the world as mechanic or as the body as a machine or and and this affects but but you have you have experiences of this. Like people have come to you who actually thinks of their body as as a thing. Yes, many many different cases, but the, the the thing they they actually say that it's it's. I met one last week. Um, she actually wrote me, and we going to, we had a, a, a opening in in Linköping, a temple, a new clinic we had there, and she was uh, writing to me, and and um, she wanted to come to me in Stockholm, and said I, I go to Linköping. We I, I met meet you there because, and she said that I want to have an an uh, diagnose of all my problems. Okay. So and then she wrote me a paper of, of two 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 uh, pages and, and what she, her background was, and um, and uh, I, I met her and uh, she said, "Yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. My body isn't fine, but but I do everything now. I've I've divorced. I do everything for my. I always I I focus on 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 doing my uh, everything on myself." I said, "You're crazy." <laughs> Totally, you're totally nuts. But how can you say your body is screaming? I'm not fine, and you say I'm fine. <laughs> so, so how, how do how do how do you do that? How do how 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 can it come? You don't see what you've been doing because your life, your whole body is screaming. Please, please uh, see because see to what's happened to 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 the body. And the, the thing we try to, the thing people try to say that my body is not working, but the body is always, as I said before, the body is, uh, it's, it's been here for a long time. The living body is living. But if we don't want to live with the body, the body is going to show us a way to wake up. Now we're going to feel. Now we're going to have pain. No, yes, <laughs> you're going to have pain until you understand what kind of different road you have to do. What kind of different way you have to do, go, and I, I think, and, and that's that's a hard way to understand that we are actually living everything. We're living our bad things and our good things, and usually is in the in the in the darkness or in the but when you when you see things in another way. So usually people when they when they tell about different kinds of things that are really not so not so good. It's always in the dark. They see the light. They see what 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 am I really going to do? 
how how do we have to change things? The thing we have to the thing we don't understand that <laughs> we are actually living everything. <laughs> we are living the bad things and the good things, and and we and the thing the living body shows us usually that we are going to have problems if we don't obey the life we are going to live. That sounds a little bit <laughs> crazy, but it isn't. So, I, and, and I think another way of looking at it, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's that's the easiest way to see it. That the, that the body is going to, if, if we if we don't, uh, if if we have a trauma, we have like um, uh, as I said, as if if we have like I say, I have an accident with a motorcycle, and 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 I said that. But this was embarrassing. This was unnecessary, and I'm I'm still in the embarrassing and unnecessary. Um, the body is going to heal, but if you're back, if you're still in the mind that it was uh, unnecessary or or we feel guilt for it, that's the problem with because um, the the everything we're living is actually living us. So, so the problem is we we separate the body from the life, not and and we said that's that's another thing. So, what what I find fascinating here is that uh, what you've just described has so very much to do with how fascia works yeah. and the relationship between fascia and pressure. Mm. Will you tell us about a little about that? Because I think that's key for understanding. It, it, it is what, what made me realize that uh, uh, understanding fascia is also a way of uh, putting mind and body together again. And it relates to yeah. pressure. So yeah, so, so the, the easiest way to understand is so, so if, if you have an accident. So I, have, I had a guy that uh, I, he was in an in, uh, accident in, in the... And he, he broke the clavicle bone, and the clavicle bone is 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 everything. Is the shoulders on it? The the instead the the lungs is hanging on it. And if you have like a big accident in the body, as bone or or the the concussion of that, the the, the, the pressure is going somewhere, and it's actually physical. So when you have an accident, the body is taking it, but which part of the body is taking it? Everything. So, so um, uh, I was on, on another uh, uh, for, what was it two months ago, and uh, another clinic we opened, and it was a, a woman who came in. She has had a whiplash accident, and um, she had it for ten years, and uh, because Colastecco, one of the f- researchers in, in in Italy, is a professor now to me, she said that if you have a whiplash accident, is seen uh, on on uh, uh, that it's actually the whole body and the whiplash could be in the bo- in the foot. So I just sat, sat down and did did the re- release the pressure in the foot and the neck at the same time, like holding the foot and the body, uh, the, the the neck at the pressure, uh, releasing it. Yes, quite uh, easy. And uh, it took about five minutes and she started to cry. No, it's gone because then the pressure was gone. And the, the problem we had that the pressure is 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 um, the, the fascia is. One of the big things the fascia is doing is we have the big G, we have gravitation, and the gravitation is in the cell, 
as Donna Lingbers uh, shown in 1998 in the in the the architecture of life that the, even the cell has an, uh, a, a, a skeleton called the, the microfibrillions of, of the cell. So the cell has a skeleton, but it's, it's softer. So everything is going to be uh, going to be have pressure on it. And if you too much pressure, then you have too much pressure in the whole body. You have pressure in the in the, the liver and the lungs, and everything is going to have the pressure. And I don't think. Uh, I don't think we have actually um, developed to because it's we have been in cars just for a hundred years, so <laughs> <laughs> we haven't crashed so many times. So I think we haven't we haven't evolved, developed to 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 the bodies is not really done for all the concussions we have, but it, maybe it's going to have be. But but that's an easiest way to understand the pressure the pressure and the pressure so that's uh, that's pressure externally applied pressure so to speak uh, ex- uh, you, uh, and, and you you can have the same but, if, if but you, you can also can uh, you can actually um, well I, I was so I was 19 when yeah. you uh, asked me to join this yeah, yeah. I was going to start a wellness company yeah. And you needed someone to learn the internet. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, well, let's learn the internet. I had no interest in the body particularly, basically. But then I started writing articles about what you were doing with the, mm. with the research. I started looking at these pictures that we showed before and after. But for me, the, the breakthrough came when we went to the 2015 Fascia Research Congress in uh, Washington, United mm. States. And I started interviewing all the researchers and trying to understand different ways of explaining what they were doing. Because the what you must understand is that if you're a fascia researcher, you try to understand the whole body from the parts perspective. And you try to make definitions and you try to to decide if it's going to be a fascia line or a fascia field. And there was actually um, um, disputes within the research community back then on what you should call it. Is What, what is fascia? Uh, but when interviewing the researchers, I understood that there's a way to there's a gap here between what they know and how they explain it. But one guy we met, Julian Baker, he said that the simplest way to understand the body is load and unload of pressure, Mm. which means that the body is made of handling pressure. The interesting thing about that was a couple of years after that, you invited Heike Jäger to come to us in Stockholm. Mm. So in 2017, she was in Stockholm, and she held a four-hour lecture of all the fascia research she had been looking at. And it, it was a long lecture. I mean, four hours of specialized fascia. The thing was that it was in English, and the audience barely knew English because Swedes are good at English, but not the older ones. Or mm. you know, and so I had to uh, summarize and and um, translate into Swedish what what she was saying. But she showed this really interesting image of all the things affecting tissue regeneration. So she she had all these like 50 studies showing how um, age affects how the body can regenerate tissue and how uh, diseases affect it and medication and nutrition and stress and uh, both social stress and physiological stress and and movement and uh, uh, genotype and and uh, uh, pollution was a big thing so all these different factors affecting it and that start made us start to think okay what is what is pressure like so if you take the simple idea that the body is made to load and unload pressure and then you add all these things that she has shown affects tissue regeneration but what does it mean to be under pressure mm. so i'm under pressure right now or what does it mean to to um 
move in a certain way or act in a certain way. So, so pressured could be thoughts. And then we, we had a connection. It might be time to just say what fascia is, right? <laughs> <laughs> About I think so. 50 minutes into this. So, <laughs> so uh, but, but it's, it's important to understand it's also perspective. Yeah. But, but the thing is that, so we look at, at it like fascia is the structure around every cell in the body. So I usually say that fascia is a network of connected tissue that encapsulates everything in the body from muscles and skeleton to organs and cells. But what it actually means that outside of every cell there is a structure of um, collagen fibers and elastin fibers and all, all different type of fiber proteins. And it's looked like a, a three-dimensional spider's web where every, every every thread is connected to each other but all these threads are extremely strong so every collagen fiber is 3000 amino acids in a in a rope spiral structure which means that every thread is stronger than steel so they actually made a, an example in 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 the washington um, or in the in the berlin conference in 2018 where they they took collagen fibers and added like a, a massive weight to it and see how how much strain it could hold and it could hold a lot of strain mm. because it's so strong so outside all cells you have this this fibrous network of tissues but you also have the fluid flow and that's a thing that has been more put into focus the last three years or so that the fascia is also the flow that goes between this whole network so out Se seamlessly throughout the seamlessly body. so outside mm. of all cells you have a structure of um The, the network, the threads, and the flow that goes through it, and this is where where everything actually happens in the body. So, if you go back to to understanding pressure, all things that you're doing affects this flow, affect this this including structure, what, including what you think and feel, including what you think and feel. So, the the fascia actually shows that there is no separation between body and mind. Because if you look at the, uh, a phenomenon like stress, this is one of my favorite examples to explain this. When you're stressed, what happens is your body starts to react. So mm. the, um, the tissue tenses, the muscle tenses, and you shut down some systems. You just mm. shut down the digestion of food, for example, because it's unnecessary to digest food when you're stressed and about to fight a, a bear or run from something or, or you know when you're when, when it's danger you increase adrenaline you, you increase uh, cortisol you, you increase some hormones to help you deal with what you're going through you prepare your, your you, you change your heart rate you change your the way the blood pumps into your different systems so the body has a extremely profound reaction to stress the thing is that stress can come from almost anything So it could be um, uh, traffic, or it could be being late to a meeting, or it could be uh, recording a podcast, or it could be holding a lecture. It can be really different things. But what's interesting is that it's also different based on who you are. So I might be really comfortable doing a podcast, but another one might not be. Or I can be comfortable holding a lecture, but another one might not be. And I, I get frustrated in traffic, but another person is calm. Or I want to drive fast, and another one wants to drive slow. So, so all... As individuals, we're, how we react to stress is very, very different. And this, this shows, or this is the, the most, one of the most tangible proofs that there is, no, there is no disconnection, there is no separation between what we think, what we feel, 
and our physical body because it's the same thing. And that's something that fascia research has shown that's really, really interesting and can have really interesting implications on how we understand the living body. Because it's well, another thing that's interesting with, with this is that this structure around every cell is constantly changing. So every time you move, it rebuilds. Every time you you take a deep breath, you change the pacing of this flow, which rebuilds the structure around it. And if you, for example, have an injury, or you have too much pressure, or you've been in an accident, or you get hit by something, or or you have um, some other thing disturbing this uh, this um, this flow, you get tense, or you get there's a there's a stoppage in the flow, or there's um, the threads stick together, or the area becomes inflamed or something happens that makes that doesn't make the circulation work as it should mm. and that's the pre-stage of all problems illnesses diseases so by looking at it from a different perspective from the other way around you can see how does a living body work and what prohibits living body and if we and, and that's the thing if we started looking at the body like this that could mean endless possibilities in understanding health, pain, uh, lifestyle, what we can do to increase health and so on. But the perspective on fascia is, as, as James Oshman, who is a, a guy who worked with electric body and, and uh, the body electrics, and uh, uh, the fascia is also conductor, as the, the, the water is, is leading electricity. And um, that's another perspective to see on the body too, to pressure and, and what's, what's the body doing. The, the body is an, uh, it's a living body is an ecosystem and the interesting thing he had a, a picture of, of a woman who was, was uh, bathing in there. I it's so nice to be in the water and he said you have never you have never left the water you've always been in water because when, when we are embryos we actually build in water so when when we look at fascia so and and the connected tissue and everything is is fluid fluid we are we are water we are actually we're actually uh, stand, we're standing creatures, uh, standing up, and we have, wa- we have wa- water that's going, that's moving, outside water, inside water. So that's an interesting scene we, because we are water inside, and but it, it's dry outside. <laughs> so I, I said, I said to a woman who was who, she was training too much, she wanted to to get. Um, to get healed, and I said you have too much pressure because you have too much tension in your work, and and but but uh, but I'm fine. No, you're stressed about your work. So she was uh, uh, she was on sick leave for one month, and I said you must find another way of of getting rid of the stress. But I want to move. Yes, but go and on um, go to uh, uh, gymnastic in the water. Because it's fascinating if you if you do movements in the water because you don't build pressure, but you do move, <laughs> and it's it's hard, but you don't you don't build pressure. So movement in water is quite interesting because it's like the body saying yes, <laughs> I feel this. It's the same. That's inside. So that's another way of of actually do not to to build up pressure to do movement in water. So perspective on, on fascia is. It's uh, it's really going to change everything in in the in the scientific world because one of the guys who was Neil Tees who was the in the, that got fascia as a new organ in in 2017, 
he's a liver pathologue and, and the thing he did was he saw that he has a three-dimensional microscope and he saw that liver, the liver had holes in it and it, it, it had fluid. So and, and tried to see what, 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 where is the fluid going? Is it so he had had a contrast on the on it on the fluid in the liver, and uh, and uh, after pers- a couple of seconds the whole body was the same color. So we have no separation. It's just it's just fluid. Excuse to say it again. He put something in the body in one part, yeah. and saw after a few seconds that it was in, in the whole body. Yeah. So that's how connected the body is. Yeah. So it, everything is is. This is this the, the the collagen fibers and and the skeleton and the ligaments and the muscles and everything, but everything is interconnecting. Everything has has fluid. And I think it, on the same topic, it was a, um, a researcher called Car- Carol Davis who who made a um, she summarized studies about scar tissue, mm. and she showed that if you have a scar tissue, for example, on your arm, the the fixes of the collagen, because when you have a scar tissue, you, you produce more collagen mm-hmm. in that area. But that change in the whole structure of the body, like how the structure of the body is balanced, that has implications all over the body. So the, the whole network is actually connected. So mm-hmm. if you have, if you look at one collagen fiber in the arm, that one is connected to the collagen fiber in the heel. Mm-hmm. It's connected all over. And if you move something in the arm, there will be a movement in the feet as well, but it's very, very, very subtle. Mm. So you don't necessarily feel it, but it's actually that connected. And when we barely stopped to think about like how connected we are on the inside, and there was actually one, um, one topic we studied a while back called interoception, where we actually have a nervous system on the inside just made for feeling different parts of the body mm-hmm. like feeling different organs feeling different things inside of us so we're, we're much more connected and sensitive than we have learned than we have realized we're growing up so if we are disconnected and dissensitive and the, the body is connected in all these ways why is it so hard for us to understand that we are one connected being well i, I think uh, that uh one main reason is that we are uh, we are not educated to think in terms of experience and in terms of relationships in terms of interconnections in terms of uh, ecological relations if if you view the the body the living body as a kind of ecosystem and uh, this in in if you you can call it an internal ecosystem this internal ecosystem is connected to the external ecosystem in various ways and there there uh, the the living body is always responding to things occurring inside and outside and one of the organs in the body that is very much involved in this is fascia which is what it makes it so in- interesting for understanding the living body as a whole, not only as such, but also in relation to the environment. So, so, um, but our usual usual way of thinking is not in terms of uh, living entities interacting and changing. What mm-hmm. we are used to think in terms of uh, concepts, that but is intellectual constructions, uh, and and. Uh, uh, 
de- well-defined c- concepts. So we, we are thinking intellectually about things and then we try to th- apply these intellectual th- theories and constructions uh, in relation to, to, to the living body, which, which doesn't really care about concepts mm-hmm. at all. So, so that that's my one main reason. It sounds quite abstract, but I th- I think it's we can make this clearer as we continue to dec- discuss these subjects because there's a history behind it. We 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 are th- used to thinking analytically in terms of concepts. We are not used to think in terms of 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 uh, our 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 experience. But then someone might say, well. Can we not just think differently then? Can we just not think of it in a different way? Well, uh, that's a, that's a good starting point. That's what we have to do. Learn to uh, each one of us has to learn to think differently about things. Uh, in term, we have to think in terms of living relationships and and living into interconnection. So, and and that you can do that as an individual. You can do that. It will take you some time, de- depending on how indoctrinated in the <laughs> usual ways of thinking you are. But it will, it, will t- it will take some work and time. It's not easy, mm-hmm. but it's absolutely possible for you as an individual to, to well, literally change your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what is difficult is uh, getting other people to listen to what you have found out, because most people uh, concerned with things like bodies and uh, organs and uh, illnesses and so on they mm-hmm. they work within an environment a literal constructed conceptual environment which I- is constructed on, on on other premises on other other basic assumptions the one basic assumption is uh, what i mentioned briefly before uh, the the division between the inner world and the outer mm-hmm. world Another assumption is that you, you, it is best to understand things in terms of parts, mm. not in terms of interconnections. I, I actually wrote an article for the Fascia Guide, uh, I think it was three years ago. Um, it's called, You have been training your whole life to not be able to understand fascia. And that's a conclusion to what we're talking about, actually, because we have learned to not think of things as connected, to not think of things in terms of relations, to not think of it like like you're saying. So it's, we have actually studied our whole life to not be able to see this. Right. Mm. Yeah, and, and, and when you have all, all these established ways of thinking, uh, uh, or <laughs> you, you, I think you have to really grasp that they are literally physically established mm. in institutions in bureaucracies in financial systems mm. in 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 how 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 research is financed and why and by whom so so uh, every everything connected with what is studied and how research research is conducted everything connected with this occurs within a a, a system or a kind of uh, ecology of systems really which which has have grown up and been constructed as i said on premises which are unable to handle living changing interconnecting mm. beings uh, so so uh, and and if you if you if you confront uh, persons working within this system with this 
different kind of perspective. They might, as individual, indivi- as, as individuals, they might say, having thought about it a bit, hmm. ah, that's really interesting. I think you've got a point hmm. there. It's, it, 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 it's, but in their function in the system, it will be quite hard, if not impossible for them, to start to uh, to do things in terms of this different perspective because the institutions aren't adapted for handling it. So that's, that's I think, is one main reason for why it is so difficult to establish uh, a, a new or quite different kind of perspective on familiar things.